James Hetfield, Metallica, I always like to intro with the Metallica Seek and Destroy. That is exactly what Discussions of Truth aims to do to mass media. Seek and Destroy more exactly what we're hunting down are lies, uh, inconsistencies, deception in your corporate, corporatocracy. Right in in the corporations, the banks that control and run and rule your governments, and most importantly in the United States, what we look at is the Federal Reserve. But today we're going to transition into vaccines. We're going to take a look. Turn the volume up a little bit. There, we're going to take a look at vaccines, and we have a very incredible guest on. Last week, we hosted Joan Mellon, author and Temple University professor, former Temple University professor. Decades at Temple University. John Mellon has written 22 books. Her newest book, Blood in the Water, goes right after Washington as they conspired, per her research, to ambush the USS Liberty. JoanMellon.com. That's M-E-L-L-E-N. Next week, we're going to go into JFK assassination. Christopher Fulton will join us. Born in 1965 in Northern Virginia, just outside Washington, D.C. Into a family rich with a rich military history. His roots trace back to William Vaughn Jr., who fought with distinction in the Revolutionary War, and later General John C. Vaughn, who fought in the Civil War. Although Christopher was on his way to being accepted into the U.S. Naval Academy in Annapolis, he chose a different life path in commercial construction. Christopher's discipline and diligence took him to the top of the high-rise construction industry in Vancouver, British Columbia. Many of that city's finest skyscrapers are monuments to his work. At the age of 33, at the height of his success, he was arrested. He spent years in federal prison for his possession of material evidence in JFK's assassination. He currently resides in California with his wife and family and spends much of his time with rescue dogs. Christopher Fulton's forced descent into the darkest parts of governmental power has now boomeranged on that power. That power is often referred to as the deep state. Fulton has not come back from hell USA with a silent voice. He has miraculously survived to share with us all the truths we must know if we are to keep our America the land of the free. That's a direct quote, and who is that coming from? No other than a former Wall Street Journal and New York Times journalist, Don Clark. 
Those are heavy words. And Christopher has a heavy book. In fact, the book's been submitted for the Pulitzer Prize for its history-changing narrative. The Inheritance is the name of the book. Poisoned Fruit of JFK's Assassination. He'll be with us next Thursday. Or excuse me, next Wednesday. That's the 21st. Following that day would be Thursday, which is when the, bu- the book will be hitting the markets. That is the 22nd, the 55th year anniversary of the JFK assassination. Why even bother looking into any of these topics? Well, in a, in a, in a small nutshell, I will tell you because based in South Florida, I traced the Zika scare right back to the Rockefeller Foundation. And I also traced the pesticide that was used to combat the Zika square, uh, scare in Miami-Dade right back to the Rockefeller Foundation via Chevron Chemical Corporation. In 1913, I contest, the United States of America sold its soul to international bankers. And I've frequently had dialogue, or rather frequently and recently, but recently had dialogue with somebody who asked me, why do you think that international bankers have anything to do with the way the United States governs itself? Well, on the very sublime level we know that corporations have completely corrupted both parties right i think most people would agree with that whether you side with democratic values more than you side with republican values both of those major parties are completely corrupt to the almighty dollar so what does that have to do with something called the Federal Reserve. And that's why I mentioned the 1913 Federal Reserve Act, which was signed by Woodrow Wilson. And what I tie it back to is a European bank called the Bank of England. And if you research that more, you will know that the Bank of England answers to no one, not even the Queen of England. So who does the Federal Reserve answer to in the United States? Because it does not answer to you, the taxpayer, and it does not answer to the U.S. Treasury, for it is not a federal organization. It is a private banking group, corporation. The Federal Reserve is not federal. And you and me being the people should be looking into it because it has a lot. For instance, there are major fires burning in California. I was born and raised in California. I know California very well. This is out of the ordinary for that state to have so many fires. In the past couple of years, there's been fire after fire after fire, it seems. Are you familiar with a company called PG&E? If you're in California, then most likely you've heard of it. Because it's Pacific Gas and Electric. Are you aware that there's something called a direct energy weapon that can be used to incite fires? 
If you've heard my program in the past, then you've listened to Dane Wigington. Dane Wigington of geoengineeringwatch.org. I think he might own .com and .org. He's recently run a major billboard in New York. He's based out of Northern California. And he says that the chemicals emitted to combat greenhouse gases are actually drying out these trees in, for example, California. So if the chemicals being released from these airplanes to combat greenhouse gases and global warming are inadvertently drying out the trees, if a match gets sparked, what will happen? So the question, therefore, then is, is there any relevance or coincidence that Roger Kimmel sits as a VP of PG&E, as he is also a Rothschild agent? If you're not familiar with that name, most likely you have, and you relate it to a conspiracy theory. But as a, there is a very living family that is a major controlling asset, of the Bank of England. What are they doing with, a, with, a, with an agent as the vice president of PG&E? Questions that should be asked. And I ask them because I can, and you should. And your mass media will most likely not. And that's where we're going to get into our guest for today. So, anyway, before we do that, Christopher Fulton will be joining us next week. Fresh out of prison to write you a book on the JFK assassination. And by the way, if you look at those Zapruder films, if you do any research on the JFK assassination, isn't it odd if you're a free and just civilization that that, 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 that that assassination continues to be most like in what most people say, unsolved. And Lee Harvey Oswald is the angle given by the the the, the is the official uh, angle given by the federal government. But most people don't really accept that. They don't either, either. They don't accept that, or they don't care. They just simply don't care. But those that look into it and don't accept it, why don't they? Why don't they accept it? Well, Christopher is going to bring something very intriguing to the program next week, and that he was in direct possession via Evelyn Lincoln's estate, who he knew, of the very watch that JFK was wearing in Dallas when his head got blown off. And why is that a piece important? We'll learn from him, because it landed him in federal prison. That all he was doing was owning the watch. Now, we're going to open up, we're going to close out this month, November 28th, with David H. Janda, MD. He's the host of Operation Freedom on WAAN Talk 1600. We're going to talk a little more vaccine controversy with him. And then December 12th, we'll have Jefferson Morley join us. Washington, D.C.-based author and veteran journalist of over 30 years. And he's written a book about a man named Winston Scott in the hidden history of the USA in Mexico. So why do these things even matter? Well, Mexico's important for many reasons. But most importantly, 
we tend to think about our generation. But if we look uh, historically, that helps broaden the picture and help us understand what we're looking at a little more importantly. But now, now we tend to look at our own generation by design. Don't get me wrong. If you've listened to Charlotte Eiserman talk on, on the program, the deliberate dumbing down of Americans, this is by design, and not only in the United States. We are meant to be simple cogs in the wheel to be good taxpaying citizens, go to our nine to five, and just feed the hog. That's what, by design, that's what we have been trained to do. But Mexico, for instance, is a major land mass that was an instrumental piece to the decline in the Spanish Empire. So in 1776, when the United States was formed, who were the two major powers globally? One of them is the language that I'm speaking right now, and that would be England. And the other one is another language I speak as well, and that's Spanish. Let's speak a few words of it. When Mexico became independent from Spain... That was a major cog in the Spanish Empire globally. A large part of that had to do with the CIA. And so now we'll bring on Jefferson Morley in December to help clarify that and talk about that and help us understand exactly where we're looking at in that regard what's going on there. So, that brings me now to our guest today, and that will be one Dr. Judy Mikovits. She's an American researcher, vaccine and medical industry activist, for good reason. As research director of the Whitmore Peterson Institute in Reno, on November 18th, 2011, Mikovits was arrested for not handing over her research to her employer. Whitmore Peterson, regarding a controversial publication to the journal Science. Having been investigated for allegedly manipulating data, Mikovits had led a research effort that reported in 2009 that a retrovirus known as xenotropic murine leukemia, virus-related virus, MXRV, associated with CFS, some acronyms I'm not familiar with, and may have had a causal role. Okay, Okay, that, that, that sentence wasn't that clear, but the research came under fire and led to the journal to make a retraction on December 22nd, December 22nd, 2011, arrested in her Ventura, California home. Charges against her were later dismissed. Mikovits spent a few days in jail because she published her own research and she refused to submit to efforts to squash that, F, that research, that, that the research that was published initially got retracted and taken out. She refused to succumb to that and say it was inaccurate. She held to her guns and said it's absolutely accurate. So why is this relevant to us? Because hopefully this hits, hits home with you. She's going to be talking, discussing retroviruses and vaccines, autism, and other ailments that plague us. So I'll be right back with Judy Mikovits. And I leave you, of course, with a little Metallica. But first, I encourage you to follow me on Twitter and follow me on Instagram. Both handles, I-N-T-R-O-T-T-I-E-R. 
Contribute 50 bucks to impeachmassmedia.com. Get a, get a t-shirt. Get a free t-shirt. I also encourage you to purchase my book, No More Lies. You can find that on my website, Ian Trottier, Lulu. It's an it's an electronic version. Uh, it, it, the discussions with the publisher have been met, and it will be being, it will be published uh, next year. Uh, it's a quick read. You can get it at like five bucks right now on uh, electronic copy. That's uh, I A N T R O T T I E R dot com. And I am back. This is Winwood Radio. This is the weekly program discussions of truth every Wednesday, five o'clock. And today we have an incredible guest. We're going into back in. We've had a number of great guests on this program to talk about vaccines and autism, but we haven't truly had the scientific angle that I believe will be delivered to us today. Joining me online is Dr. Judy A. Mikovits. Judy, can you hear me? Yes, I can, Ian. Uh, how are the fires in Southern California, Judy? Uh, well, I don't know because I'm in Frederick, Maryland. <laughs> Good for you. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, my, um, my, my mom has um, a rather severe tumor they identified last week. So she's been in surgery the last few days. Um, uh, and so I'm here doing what I do is, you know, cancer. Right. Okay. So, so not so good, but, uh, is your home, your home's okay there? And I understand you're in Ventura. Yeah. So our home in Ventura is fine. It's, it's a small apartment. Um, it's, it's at least 20 miles from where the fires are. 
this year. It was um, right in the heart of last year's Thomas fire. Um, but we don't have a home. We just rent a little apartment, so we're just fine. Okay. Uh, Judy, in regards to cancer, you, you, you brought that up, and, 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 and I know a little bit about you, but I know your experience and your research history is very extensive. Uh, you have a couple of decades studying cancer. Was that really the initial disease that you started looking into? Oh, absolutely. Uh, 19, June 10th, 1980 um, was when I first started at the National Cancer Institute, and I was doing the first, essentially, uh, protein chemistry purifying, the first um, immune therapy, interferon alpha, that was used in people with uh, leukemia, hairy cell leukemia. So, yes, my entire career since 1980 um, has been devoted to um uh, cancer and HIV AIDS, um, uh, you know, uh, diseases that are strongly associated and caused by um, human retroviruses, which my uh, PhD mentor, uh, Frank Rossetti, discovered the first, isolated the first um, disease causing and cancer causing human retroviruses. That was human T cell leukemia virus. And what year was All that? With- 1980. So I walked mm-hmm. right out of University of Virginia into the frying pan and I never left. So yes, um, my, my passion is really um, is really cancer and, and HIV AIDS. And uh, today's an interesting anniversary. Uh, it's the 27th anniversary of my successful defense of my PhD thesis at George Washington University, which uh, basically changed the paradigm for HIV-AIDS, identifying um, the monocyte macrophages, really the orchestrator of disease and the drug target. So you see, um, uh, <laughs> uh, I, guess, I guess I did make a, vi- a difference with, with regard to HIV-AIDS, um, but with regard to cancer and, and, and childhood cancers and uh uh, vaccines. Um, I'm afraid um, we're losing that war, so I'm discouraged uh, on this anniversary of, of things that can go so well. Right. So November 14th is a special day uh, for you. Um, in regards to HIV, that is in itself a retrovirus, correct? Correct. For listeners, would you would you explain the basic concept of a retrovirus? Now, uh, being being based in South Florida. Uh, we're familiar, those in South Florida are familiar with something called a flavivirus, if, if I pronounce that correctly. And that, that would right. be um, the Zika virus, which was, uh, which was brought to shore via, via mosquitoes. But that is something different than a retrovirus. Is that right? Correct. Correct. A flavivirus is an RNA virus. Um, and a retrovirus is a... Uh, well, uh, an RNA-DNA virus. So it has an RNA genome that actually, it, it's, nu- it's nucleic acid, its blueprint is RNA, just like a flavivirus. Um, but it has an enzyme called reverse transcriptase that can literally write backwards its RNA genome into DNA and then insert its DNA provirus, the whole virus, into your um, nuclear or cellular DNA um, and, and 
and in fact then use your cell machinery to replicate as a little manufacturing plant for retroviruses and they will stay there for the life of the cell um, many many infect cells of the immune system so every time the immune system is activated to have the cells divide then you create more and more and more retroviruses from your little factory there of the provirus and this this is one of the reasons why in fact we we don't um, vaccinate or we didn't until very recently um, vaccinate um, um, uh, AIDS patients, HIV-infected individuals, um, or even cancer patients or the immune compromised um, because you run the risk of spreading um, retroviruses um, and accelerating the disease process. Interesting. Now, can a retrovirus be transmitted from a mosquito as a flavivirus can? Um, no. Um, now, well, no, I, I don't think we have any evidence of that. Um, uh, uh, retroviruses, you know, um, come in, uh, uh, you know, animal cell lines. So um, bovine leukemia virus is a retrovirus. Um, the uh, the uh, contaminants, the two pig retroviruses in the rotavirus vaccines. Um, there are monkey viruses related to HIV, simian immune deficiency viruses in the monkey kidney cell um, material that is in is used to manufacture um, many of the childhood vaccines. Um, so um, not in not in a mosquito. Um, um, but in, in cell tissue um, from animals uh, in the cell lines that we use in the laboratories. Now, Judy, in regards to the HIV virus, uh, it's assumed that it originated uh, with monkeys in, in Africa. Is, is that, does that coincide with, with what you know as well? Yeah, I mean, uh, yes, there is a simian immune deficiency virus, um, highly related, very closely related in sequence and structure, um, lentiviruses, and um, it's it's there in 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 monkeys. Yes, so in in Africa, um, uh, yeah, is is where it originated. We don't know the natural host of HTLV one, the leukemia virus that. Frank and Bernie Poise isolated. We don't know the natural host. And how, so how, how it jumped into humans. How, how, how would you say, how would you think that it uh, became part of, uh, integrated into uh, the U.S. Uh, society in the late 70s or early 80s, was it? How did yeah, it, late how did it 70s, come yeah. early 80s. Um, well, y- you know, we... Um, <laughs> yeah, I, 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 th- I think we basically a cur- um, controversial <laughs> topic. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> controversial topic. I, I remember only too well when we had monkeys at Fort Detrick in Frederick, Maryland, not too far from where I'm sitting right now. And you know, we were doing the experimentation um, on these viruses, and basically, one of my jobs was to, you know, teach various retroviruses how to infect human cells without killing them or um i and and in fact in the early 90s my job was to teach ebola how to infect um human macrophages or cells without killing them so that we can study it so we study cancers and we study disease by using the animal retroviruses as models um and in and in cell lines in our laboratories 
and that was basically done through studying uh, how how it uh, lived and performed in a mouse. Um, well, in human, in in monkey cells, it's mm -hmm. the viral monkey kidney cells. Okay. In human cells, we have a lot of human cell lines in the lab because over the last 30, 40 years, we've, we've learned more how to transform those cells, that is, make them continuous cell lines, make them uh, cancers in the laboratory and study them. We've isolated, um, you know, uh, we isolated the mouse-related retroviruses from humans with not only autism, but cancer, um, chronic lymphocytic leukemia, uh, multiple myeloma, myalgic encephalomyelitis, um, some multiple sclerosis. So that was our work in 2009. And the, the viruses, they, they're called gamma retroviruses that you, we just look at the structure and name them based on electron microscopy. So when you have an electron micrograph and you isolate and you analyze that and you ask that virus to, to show it's infectious and transmissible, that is, you can, you can semi-purify it away from the cellular debris and then use that concoction and, and develop a, an infectious virus. So we would take it from one, one human to another human and, and show it was in fact infectious and transmittable and related to murine leukemia, mouse leukemia viruses. And that's the whole XMRV story. Um, and over the course from 2009 when our science paper came out to 2011, um, you know, basically the entire government um, and the heads of the FDA, the CDC, the NIH, the National Cancer Institute, um, the National Heart, Blood, and Lung Institute, um, essentially did everything they could to make those data go away. And when they wouldn't go away, uh, a little like um, Andy Wakefield in the Thompson story, when the data wouldn't go away, they just simply committed fraud. And, and took them out, took the, the relevant patients out of the so-called replication studies and, uh, um, and uh, you know, destroyed my career and um, basically made it all disappear while Zika is kind of just pure fraud. So. <laughs> I'm, gl I'm glad you said that. I'm glad you said that. <laughs> Pure fraud. I mean, and 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 the Ebola outbreaks. Yeah. You know, they said, "Oh, that's the Zaire strain." No, I think it's the Zaire Fort Detrick strain. <laughs> so it had three hundred mutations in the 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 Zaire strain. They took out of wow. it, the bats or the animals over um, in in Zaire, and they took it to Fort Detrick. And and again, this is nineteen ninety four, and I know because I was in that biosafety level four facility doing that work with that virus it's you know and so they want now they want you to believe in 2014 all of a sudden um ebola um, yeah. this little outbreak in liberia um so basically this what what i what we found in 2011 um was that there were many many recombinants and it only takes like two weeks to form, um, to, to get a new infectious transmissible retrovirus um, in your cell lines. They're aerosolized, meaning they can become contagious. That is a, uh, 
a, you know, an aerosolized spread through sneezing, coughing, not blood and body fluids as we like to think. So um, we think about, um, you know, oh, it's blood and body fluids. You remember the days of HIV. Oh, only men could get it. Well, right. that's ridiculous. Retroviruses don't know the difference. Only homosexual yep. men and then IV drug users and then prostitutes. Um, and and then and then comes um, you know Ryan White uh, who, the blood the little hemophiliac with a blood transfusion and Arthur Ashe um, who was infected also by contaminated blood, um, so the the blood supply um, is is quite contaminated and you know the 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 powers that be in those institutions I just named including the National Heart Lung and Blood Institute. Um, you know, literally covered that up in, in September of 2011, basically that the blood supply was contaminated. They committed fraud in that study. Um, and and <laughs> I guess they went back and cleaned up the blood supply. I certainly hope so. But uh, um, the study's pure fraud and, um, and, and science, the journal and, and Nobel Prize winners and the heads of institutes participated knowingly in that fraud and and I basically have it all memorialized in emails. Now, Judy, would you go as far as to say that HIV, as we know it as Americans, that leads to AIDS, would you say that that was the introduction of it to the U.S. population was manipulated? Uh, yes, I, I, I believe that the introduction of it was manipulated now, as I understand um, how um, immune activation, via, you know, via vaccines, and, um, and you'll remember in the early 90s, they developed a hepatitis B vaccine, so all high-risk individuals, maybe we should call them deplorables, you know, the IV drug users, the prostitutes, the, okay. the homeless, <laughs> uh, they're, getting, they're getting injected with a hepatitis B oh, vaccine. Boy, yeah. You know, um, yeah, and and uh, and and they even if they have you know uh, a latent infection, they're expanding the reservoir and, and literally dri driving um, that virus through the population. Now you could go so far as to say um, maybe a recombinant was created in the lab, you know, accidentally. Um, um, as we were working with these throughout the 80s through various isolates of HIV um, because there were far more pathogenic um, varieties than in that, that we saw in the lab that would kill very, very fast um, co-infections co like mycoplasma, hepatitis B, um, and, and other retroviruses. And, and in fact, interestingly enough, in the 80s, the XMRV, um, or at the time when when only uh, gay men could be infected with HIV, um, women were getting a disease that that, um, for lack of a better term, um, uh, the scientists investigating were calling non-HIV AIDS, and that's because they clearly didn't have HIV, um, and yet they were very very immune compromised and and sick. And um, when, when our paper came out, it's not funny, but when our paper came out in mm -hmm. 2010, one of these scientists, Shai Xing Lo at the FDA, had remembered freezing these and never thawing them. And um, he and 
Harvey Alter, the Lasker Award winner Harvey Alter, um, actually, um, you know, just literally thought out the samples and did did an, the experiment, the PCR, and and sure enough, um, more than 86 percent of the samples that in the early 80s were called um, um, non-HIV AIDS had evidence of the xenotropic murine leukemia viruses. And, and this, this is the, the women and, and children, um, ultimately, who ended up in our studies um, in whole families with autism and myalgic encephalomyelitis, which the government conveniently called, stigmatized them as chronic fatigue syndrome or crazy. So, um, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, so, mm-hmm. I mean... Uh, the the data don't lie as they didn't in HIV. I think I think now you can say HIV was you know manipulated um, and 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 perhaps um, more virulent strains created by recombinant um, recombination in the laboratories. Certainly contamination of the hepatitis B vaccines um, is is a plausible theory. Um, and because of where I sit in all of this, uh, um, people send me data and samples, um, particularly the military with PTSD mm-hmm. and, and some of the, because these the PTSD um, is, is very similar and uh, inflammatory disorder, neuroinflammatory of the brain. And so when they send me their, uh, their uh, 23andMe, their sequencing data, um, one very sick young man in the military had uh, had expression of something called PNL43, and that's a clone of HIV of the end terminal yeah. of a, a ha- half of HIV that came straight out of the lab. So here the military, um, you know, um, were being um, I- infected via. Yeah. Um, whatever vaccine but all, all many essentially every vaccine that's made in our laboratories today um has um the potential to have at least one if not two three or four retroviruses um and again these stay not only through the life of the host potentially but through the generations the the scary thing about the xmrvs the gamma retroviruses is they can infect stem cells they, they, in fact, could infect every cell of the body, and that wasn't true of HIV. And these can be passed on, as you're saying, to the children of the host. Is, is that correct? correct? Correct. So this is a couple weeks ago, I hosted a former black operative for uh, the CIA, and he was talking about a major cover-up uh, by, the, by the U.S. government regarding something called the Gulf War Syndrome. And uh, exposure to um, anthrax uh, or reception of anthrax vaccines. Uh, Do you know anything about that? Oh, I should have said Gulf War syndrome and not PTSD. I absolutely know an awful lot about anthrax because that that building was right behind my lab at Fort Detrick as well. And um, yes, um, the the anthrax vaccines. had had a particularly dangerous um, and deadly adjuvant, um, and, and yes, they were probably contaminated with um, with any number of retroviruses, and and 
uh, other pathogens like mycoplasma. And so the Gulf War syndrome is, is, is the one that is associated with MECFS and in literally everything we found. My studies were shut down um, before I, could, I, I was awarded a grant to study that. And of course, the government made it go away within days of when that grant was awarded because um, have no doubt it would have come up positive of, of an association with the lab with their lab viruses and from the anthrax vaccine so yes that was a very big cover-up and 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 just I was at Fort Detrick of course um, 911 um, and uh, you know, in the, my my brother was a male a mailman, a postal service worker in Sterling, Virginia, where you know the anthrax was supposedly sent wow. through the government, and they blamed a scientist at Fort Detrick. But yes, big big cover up, a lot like the whole Ebola and Zika cover up to to take everybody's attention off what's really going on, um, yeah. Yeah. and and create fear. I want to get into uh, your book uh, that, that you've uh, co-authored with, uh, uh, known as Plague, with, with Kent Heckin-Lively, if I've pronounced his, his name correctly. I want to get into that. But, but leading up to that, I'd like listeners to understand um, your own history, because it, it's been, uh, it hasn't been an easy road for you. You spent, uh, you spent a, f- a number of days in jail. Uh, yeah, that's the, the book Plague is, is basically outlining my um, uh, arrest um, at my home, you know, taken out of my home for no reason without warrants, um, basically for, um, you know, uh, six weeks or so from September 29th when I was fired um, uh, and to November 18th when I was um, finally jailed. I was I was hunted down. Um, they tried to kill me on my bike. They tried to kill me um, just about every way you can think of. We escaped once on oh one gosh. of our boats out of our house. And, yeah, a lot like what happened to Timothy Cunningham. You know, mm-hmm. when, a, when an investigator, when a scientist, I was, I was fired essentially because they told me what to say, um, the federal government, as far as the validation study in, in a... Uh, international meeting that the blood I was supposed to say the blood supply was not contaminated uh, was not contaminated in that you know I had made a mistake and my work was all wrong and and our work wasn't wrong about all we didn't know was how many viruses and the sequences of those viruses but there were clear evidence in um, many many populations of diseases and and these were infectious and transmittable and um, you know just no doubt um, the the most likely way that they got into he- these viruses got into humans was vaccines so that's what our book describes the science going all the way back um, to the um, first cases of autism that's chapter five um, but but again the 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 book talks about my arrest and in each day I I stayed in jail with no with a bail hold I could not post bail I did not see a lawyer I got no due process to this day I have not had a hearing uh, of any kind I was I was forced into bankruptcy under threat of arrest again and this time I would be jailed in Nevada 
um, you know, the journal Science came to the jail to get to get a picture of me in the orange jumpsuit after five days without a shower or whatever. Mm. Um, you know, uh, and 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 this was the message to send to scientists and, and publish in the journal. So you can go through the science journal through 2011, starting with this fraudulent paper of September 22nd, um, 2011, where they it you know the the blood supply was absolutely contaminated, and they made it an association study, which it was not, and said, oh, the patients aren't infected again, stigmatizing the 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 people with um, MECFS and. Um, and these diseases. So, you know, the book goes, you know, flips back as as I'm thinking back to my arrest, you know, on the doorstep of my house, um, you know, and, and being held there over five days with no possibility for bail without seeing a lawyer, without seeing a judge, while, while they literally planted evidence uh, in my house while my husband was driving all over Ventura County trying to figure out where they took me because there was no paperwork. There was nothing legal about any of this. Um, and you just don't think that can happen in the United States. But it does just when, when they want you to shut up and they want to cover up what they're doing and make it all go away, um, they, they will stoop to nothing. In fact, they continue to pay people, um, pay people who have misappropriated federal funds, let, let this fraud, you know, fraud by Nobel Prize winners is sanctioned by our government. You know, um, uh, fraud by the heads of, of NAIAD and, and the National Heart, Lung, and Blood Institute, sanctioned. Uh, it's all, all, all right there on paper, just as Thompson and the CDC did the same thing and admitted they threw out the data that showed the association with MMR and autism back in 2001 and how many, how many millions of lives and families have been destroyed. And that was, that was that one of your papers? Um, no, that was no. 2001. That was... That was the the cover up of Andy Wakefield's truth. Okay. One of one of our papers was 2009. It's been almost a decade, and when our paper came out, I I thought at least we would stop all of it. We would recognize the the dangers that we had long thought could happen if we manipulated animal cells in the lab. Um, did happen, and in fact, you know the the nightmare um, is is being realized. Um, even today, we know these, you know, the vaccine schedule, the childhood cancer rates um, are rising just as dramatically as the vaccine schedule has right alongside, you know, that it, most yeah. Americans probably don't even appreciate that cancer is the leading ca cause of, of disease related death in American children. And, and just we're just building cancer center after cancer center, and it, it, it exactly um, mimics right alongside the expansion of the childhood vaccine schedule. And we know that the, what, what the WHO, the World Health Organization, our, our health and human services, we, we know they've been, you know, for, for my entire 40-year career, talking about the presence of these adventitious agents. You know, back in the 80s, we wouldn't even do, um, use pig arteries to do um, 
uh, heart surgery um, to replace veins in, in HIV-infected people because of the risk of an animal retrovirus combining with, with the HIV um, or, or activating the virus. And now the va vaccine manufacturers here, I'm um, looking at an article from the um, Children's Health Defense on this um, call in, uh, from October 23rd, 2018. So, so again, um, and, and what, what it says, looking back, looking forward, cancer and vaccines. So here, vaccine manufacturers, we knew in 2011, beyond the shadow of a doubt, that you could get recombinant um, new retroviruses that were infectious and transmissible in only two weeks of cell culture in the lab. We culture these vaccines, you know, we make new lots every every year, everything in all these cell lines, mm -hmm. and, um, and we knew, you know, the FDA knew from what happened in 2011 that, that this, this is, you know, one of the main ways these, these mouse-related viruses were getting into the human population and causing the same diseases they cause in the mice. Um, and they knew it. And so what did they do? Well, they arrested me um, on false charges to ruin my career, um, forced Dr. Rossetti into retirement because we wouldn't throw away or renounce the data. Um, and, and, and the, you know, they just, what, waited, waited seven years, and, and now the FDA said, well, we didn't previously allow tumor-derived or tumor-causing cell lines to be used in vaccine, but hey, um, they, they're so much better at growing um, animal viruses for these live attenuated viral vaccines. So although we, we know what they potentially can do, um, no, actually in 2009, we showed what they actually did do. That the, that the worst case scenarios were realized and that they unfolded into this nightmare of pediatric um, and, 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 and even, even adult cancers, even, even the colon cancers, even, you know, several of my colleagues died well before 60 and they were the people that worked wow. with, the, with the mice. It's just, it's, it's frustrating. Now, Judy, um what can you tell listeners about a Bayer product? And I've heard you talk about this called Suramin. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, Suramin um, is a hundred-year-old drug. It's a um, antiparasitic for African sleeping sickness. Um, interestingly enough, um, and we were using it in cancers, um, many caused by or, or associated with viruses, even HTLV-1, um, back in the very early 80s. And when we first saw AIDS patients, um, and, and we didn't know there was a retrovirus, um, we, when, and even when we did know there was a retrovirus, we pretty well pulled all of the cancer drugs off the shelf that made sense to shut down the replication of the virus, um, and Suramin was one of those drugs. In fact, Suramin is a potent inhibitor of reverse transcriptase, um, and it, it actually was probably our first antiretroviral therapy, um, but we didn't use it in HIV. 
HIV disease because it was most effective not against the HIV lentivirus, but against those murine leukemia uh, virus-related retroviruses that we, in fact, isolated from humans in, in 2009. So here, um, uh, other of our colleagues who understood serumin and, and drug development for um, HIV-associated diseases and, and, and retrovirus-associated cancers um, um, have done clinical trials with double-blind placebo-controlled in kids um, in, in, with, with autism who happen also to have evidence in the, the, um, the AIDS-like disease that we were looking at, the neuroinflammatory disease um, that um, it, we asso associated it, just the immune dysfunction we recognized. So the, a, a small double-blind placebo-controlled study done in San Diego now almost two years ago um, showed that these kids started talking again. These kids started wow. getting their life back these kids uh and and so what did bayer monsanto do uh in they they took the drug away from everyone when i do cancer drug development if you do a clinical trial and people respond very well and they start getting well you stop the trial immediately and you give the drug to everybody in this case now almost two years ago you can't get ceramic and it will give these these families, these victims, their their lives back. It's not a cure, but a treatment, mm -hmm. uh, and and a, and a treatment with a lot of possibility. And we've learned to use it over the past, um, you know, forty or a hundred years. Used learn how to use it based on its chemistry and its half life a lot more safely than we did in the early '80s. So here here again. Um, we know, um, um, you know, Magic Johnson, you probably see him on the World Series and, sure. and now with the Lakers and the basketball. Uh, basketball. Um, so I defended my thesis a week after um, he was declared to be um, infected with HIV. And so, um, you know, and so here at the time, the, everybody waited until the immune system was devastated or T cells were below 200. And my thesis basically said you start therapy as soon as possible. And everybody was saying, oh, these are very deadly antiretroviral therapy. These are horrible. These are horrible. And, and here now we're finding 27 years later that AIDS patients or HIV infected people, in fact, never get AIDS. Um, their immune systems and their development of cancer is less than the U.S. population in general age match. So now that we've had 26 or 27 years to study long-term safe use of these drugs in humans, we see, in fact, it's not what we've been told. Oh, these are dangerous. Oh, don't. You know, we've we've actually given them to babies and, and cured them or, you know, can't detect HIV in them anymore. So I don't know what you want to call it. I don't use the word cure any more than I use the word cause sure. um, because there are many factors. But at any rate, so the, the drug serumin should be used. It, it, it's, a, it, it's not on patent. It's a hundred year old drug that the WHO calls an essential medicine. So it's on the list of essential medicine and the United States government is keeping it from the, the, the children and the, and the victims 
victims of this plague that 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 they in fact caused um, with their vaccine schedule, um, you know, by by injecting these proviruses um, in into the into the families through you know there are three retroviruses in every um, flu vaccine: avian, chicken, bird. <laughs> yeah. So every flu vaccine. Now, uh, being a California resident, and I want you to, to, to briefly uh, tell listeners uh, two things. But first, your opinion on mandatory vaccines, and then also what you can reveal about uh, Harry Reid. Huh. Um, well, Harry <laughs> Reid, <laughs> um, well, my opinion on mandatory vaccines, yeah. Yeah. Um, no, no, not ever. Not any vaccine. There, where there's there's a risk, there has to be health freedom. I work for it every day. I work for. I mean, the the fear factor that's that's put into these things. Um, you know, the 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 non polio illness that in fact is clinical polio. You know, coming from what vaccines. You know, um, so they're now they just the the CDC won't allow it to be called. Um, polio when clinically it is because the polio virus um, the polio virus is a enterovirus and and they say well we've only seen that enterovirus in a few of these cases of this new since 2014 illness that's coming up in thousands of children and the pediatricians are being kept from calling it polio so because it's not that enterovirus it's another Enterovirus that normally wouldn't have the ability to infect the brain and now does, has acquired that ability. How do you acquire those abilities? Well, when you inject it beyond the immune system in, a, in, in cellular debris that there are many enteroviruses in, um, in, in these laboratories and that can be contaminating all of these vaccines. So my opinion is no vaccines, a, a moratorium on every vaccine uh, until this is sorted out and until these this cover-up and the safety studies that are supposed to be done and have never been done are done. And until we, you know, get these retroviruses and these uh, um, in this cellular debris out of the vaccines and you can make a safe one. You know, Harry Reid was heading the um, health and human services um, when we um, made our discovery in Nevada in, in 2009 associated with many diseases. He wrote a letter to um, Frank Rossetti promising Frank Rossetti um, thanking him for going to the Senate Majority Leader's office, which we did in February of 2010. Our paper came out October 8, 2009. So Harry Reid wrote Frank Rossetti a letter and promised him um, the the su full support of the full government um, to, um, you know, um, make this, uh, um, you know, help the people that this discovery um, should have helped. So Harry Reid was a full participant in, um, you know, in, in the fraud surrounding XMRV and, um, and the fraud surrounding um, the, the federal government's role in covering it up. And um, uh, yeah. well, well said. what, what I, can I say? Yeah, that's great. That's great, Judy. Now, um, there's 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 obviously some major cover up and corruption going on here. In 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 your opinion, where's 
where's this coming from and what's the point? I mean, obviously, obviously, from a layman's view, it's profit from a pharmaceutical standpoint. But is it is it deeper than that? And 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 what's the trail in your opinion? Where's this go to? Who's behind this? Yeah, well, I mean, I think who's behind this from what we've seen um, is really, really the entire World Health Organization, the entire Health and Human Services, certainly Welcome Trust or whatever they call it in the UK. The UK, um, London, um, I'll be going to the Academy of Nutritional Medicine. Um, The UK was fully involved um, with our federal government in the cover-up of, um, you know, we, we all remember things like mad cow disease. Sure. You know, so, it, it, you know, all you had to destroy was a few hundred cattle when, when these diseases, Jakob Kreutzfeldt disease, which is, you know, basically neurodegeneration um, from prion infection that came out of the, the feed and the meat and the, the bones of, of the animals, of the sick animals. Um, so you only had to slaughter a few um, a, a few uh, herds of cattle and that economic devastation and the fear factor, people stopped eating meat. meat right. well, here, here in every negative study from, from every study that was done um, on the XMRVs, the, the control population, that is the people who were infected carriers at risk of developing one of these diseases, was between 3.75%, and that was our conservative number, to as much as uh, 8%. So as much as 8%, well, at the height of HIV 27 years ago, it was 1 million Americans. This is 25 to 30 million Americans. Um, It would would literally bust the healthcare worldwide. It would it would destroy our economy. So you'll see in the book, Hillary Johnson wrote a a very... um, a, a brilliant forward where she said, a disease to affect the economy of nations. And, th- and that's what it is. Mm-hmm. When mm-hmm. The realization um, that biological therapies, since, since recombinant technology, and it's not just vaccines, CAR T-cell therapy, the, the immune therapy for cancer, is made with a murine leukemia virus backbone. My and they gosh. know it. And so we don't want to stop this technology. So we are causing, um, you know, the, the very diseases. It, it's one big human experimentation. And unfortunately, like holocausts of the past, mm. it's now one that targets um, the blacks. You know, this was the whole Thompson study. This was um, the, the, the study that w- with the government saying MMR was not associated with autism. Well, in Thompson's notebook, he wrote, what do we do about the problem with the blacks? So it seems blacks, Hispanics, um, Native Americans, um, they, they have a, a genetic polymorphism that renders them, you know, the um, unable to degrade, um, that is like a Pac-Man, chew up the RNA, the, the nucleic acid from retroviruses and RNA viruses. So there you have 
um, you you can't as efficiently detox, mm. and um, and 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 they knew it. So they have five times greater risk of developing little black boys under three. So if all you had to do was wait until a a, a, a black boy was over three in order to reduce that relative risk, that's not take it away. That's just reduce it back to to um, the the level of of white boys, which was still very high for developing autism from MMR. Um, you know, and all you had to do was wait till they're three and their detox machinery was working as efficiently as it could and you couldn't do that and mm -hmm. you covered that up that's that's just pure evil i can't think of anything you you it's that's not money that's just pure evil um we do we do every kind and 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 and, and you know um groups are targeted groups are targeted you know the the liberians with the ebola you know, uh, it's it's hard not to see a bigger agenda if you haven't read a book by Kent and Amber Brantley called Called for Life. These are the mm -hmm. doctor Christian missionaries. This was the doctor who got infected with Ebola in 2014. And remember the big show of the of the plane, and everybody's dressed in their suits, and everybody's all guarded up. Um, you know, taking this doctor um, in this in this plane um, to the CDC, and and there's the head of the National Institute for Allergy and Infectious Disease standing there with President Obama, saying, "What a great job the CDC!" And right. here we are, we're going to save this man. We'll read the book. Read toward the end of the book when um, then-President Obama invited Dr. Brantley to the White House. What they were doing, and you can see it very clearly, or I guess I can after what I've been through, is they were trying to realize, trying to understand if Dr. Brantley realized that there was no possible way he was infected by exposure to blood and body fluids. And in fact, his infection um, um, suggested the Ebola had been aerosolized. My and goodness. so the, the then CDC actually changed the definition of aerosolization back in 2014. And I saw this on the NPR. You know, it's just, it's just, yeah, how, so you, you asked me, you know, it's not just money. This can't just be money because um, none of these things make any sense. And, and, and we see over and over again, um, an agenda being played out because even though, you know, Timothy Cunningham, who, you know, supposedly killed himself um, right. uh, last January when he, yeah, last January when working for the CDC, he said the vaccine was, you know, killing people. And, and saying he didn't know what was going on, but don't take it. And then all of a sudden he disappears. He's, he's you know, and, and, you know, for me, this was PTSD because they use the exact same techniques, you know, to, to try to make me go away, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. <laughs> and, yeah. and, and they almost succeeded. But, you know, God has a sense of humor, I like to say. Yeah. Um, <laughs> because I survived, but I mean, you, you can, you know, and then they, they say you're crazy, they say you're an alcoholic, they say you're this, they say you're that, and, and not one thing, and, you know, 
for, fortunately for for me, I you know I was raised in in Washington D.C. and um, my my stepbrother was the park policeman that found Vince Foster in, in the park and and knew he didn't kill himself. So so I understood from a very young age suicided and how how our government, um, you know what they did to Timothy Cunningham and what they did to. Um, Dr. Jeff Bradstreet, who was in fact helping these kids not only with Suramin, but also with medical marijuana. So here's another treatment, medical marijuana, where we're denied the ability to heal from a plant that we can heal with, and, and we know we can. And the government holds the patent on it and in these diseases wow. and pain, and, and they know it. And, and yet, um, you know, the, these mm-hmm. desperate families can't get the drugs they need to help their children and, and through, who were injured um, and who the government is supposed to be um, taking care of the injuries because, in fact, you know, they're responsible. So, Judy, in your opinion, and and I want to just, for listeners out there, you may not be aware, there is a U.S. patent for a toxic mosquito aerial release drone. Uh, there, there was a woman. There was a woman based in in, in Key West, uh, Mila de Mur, and, and she collected uh, a number of uh, signatures to petition uh, various pesticide sprayings and and a, um, a mosquito manufacturing uh, plant down in the Keys, and, and she mysteriously died in a hotel uh, while awaiting to meet with the uh, EPA in in DC. Right. But uh, in in your in your kind of opinion, and, and probably you don't. You may not have looked into this too much, but you you, you certainly called Zika. I, I think you may have used the word fraud. Um, yeah. I I I was just exposed to it down here in Miami, and and I remember the scare, and 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 I remember this uh, kind of debate that never got picked up and never went anywhere with mainstream media regarding the pesticide called Dibron. And when I had when I had linked both the Zika virus uh, from Uganda in Africa and the pesticide. Um, to the same general foundation, uh, so that would be uh, the opposites there, uh, to the Rockefeller Foundation, uh, the pesticide through Chevron Chemical, <coughs> Chemical Corporation and Zika right directly to the Rock, uh, Rockefeller Foundation. I, I befriended a, a lawyer to try to get some steam uh, built up, and she was a former uh, uh, Navy JAG uh, lawyer. But you know, she says she says, "Look, Ian," she says, "you know, there's most likely some serious experimentation going on here," and um, and 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 then she she had gotten some word and and, and she withdrew herself uh, from the conversation. But but uh, but I certainly have not. In in your opinion, Judy, what may have been going on? It's been a couple of years, but what, what may have been going on? Uh, various populations down here got sprayed with with this uh, chemical known as uh, known as known as Nailit or Dibrom. Those are the two trade names. Um, What's interesting about this is that it it's it was deemed completely illegal, uh, entirely illegal in the European Union, as it's a known neurotoxin that causes microcephaly, uh, which is right. the same thing the CDC was saying that the Zika was caused. Well, what was going on there, in your opinion? Well, yeah, I mean, in, in my opinion, um, you know, the the this is the same thing that um, you know the over 
over decades that that we do when you when you spray an environment the, the Zika also in Brazil around the time of the of the Olympics right. they were um, they were vaccinating the pregnant women in Brazil with DTP not the acellular form but the cellular form that was known to be causing all of those neurological injuries so when you add a chemical and this is what we think a lot is happening in in our world today the glyphosate the roundup you know the, the the vaccines are also contaminated with roundup you know the 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 toxic food the kids are eating so we've got basically a toxic soup so i i think they were spreading you have to activate um these viruses you know that 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 zika just yeah. all of a sudden turned up in america when it we don't have the tropics for it we don't we don't our our, our environment except for that part of miami and maybe a little bit at the top of new york where it's um, um, he has the kind of humidity a couple of times a year. Um, you know, they, they, we don't support that kind of mosquito. So, so you know, when you spray and and you cripple a genome, that you activate the the recombinants and um, the, the the mosquitoes can recombine in in any time. So this was a I in my opinion, it was an experiment on on the Brazilian people, on the poor, on the impoverished, mm-hmm. and they're. And and so um, you know and and I think a vaccine played a role in it as did um, spraying of these pesticides and and again Roundup and glyphosate um, you know why is everybody I saw the pictures in Miami and everybody's all gowned up yeah but somehow this is protecting pregnant women it right. didn't make any sense you know it's just you're you're spraying daycares at daycare centers um, it just yeah. it, it was crazy yeah. um, and in fact if um, this is, and when I called Zika fraud, um, the 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 place I first did it, Dell Big Tree did a show um, more than a year ago, um, and and he showed Tony Fauci standing there, the head of the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Disease, with Obama, and and Obama call, um, was awarding the federal government without any grants or anything, awarding the NIAID um, something like 1.9 billion dollars to study this ret- new retrovirus called Zika. Well, <laughs> I yeah, was where is it? I basically said, gotcha, Zika's not a retrovirus. Zika's not a retrovirus. We just did this at the beginning of the, the show. The flavivirus, right. So, in my opinion, XMRV became Zika. And all eyes were turned away wow. from... And, and, and in my in my opinion, I, I also um, help, um, was testing for a company in Northern California called Cirrus in 2010. So when I showed in 2011 that the blood supply was actually contaminated to the level of maybe 10 to 12 percent, um, I, sh- I also showed at the same time that the good news was this technology of Cirrus could in fact um, clean it up. It could clean up HIV, it could clean out HTLV1, it could clean out Ebola, and there they come along a year or so, go and say, hey, it can clean up Zika, and it can clean up XMRV. And we just never hear of XMRV again, although there's, there are a few publications, and and, um, and and it all just vanished, just like that. Well, just along with a banner on the bottom of Good Morning America that said, you know, XMRV, all a hoax. You can all go home now. We took care of that. <laughs> yeah. You're safe. 
Right, right. Now, uh, listeners can do. We're, we, we've got a couple minutes here, but, but 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 for listeners out there, what 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 uh, what advice uh, can you? They're, they're, we're certainly exposed to toxins on on, on all levels. For for mothers out there yeah. with children that 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 are either being vaccinated or or have been vaccinated, perhaps they've been vaccine injured. Um, what? And, and certainly, sermon is not available. But but what what is it for the general population? What might you have? What 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 suggestion might you have uh, for for folks to help uh, a detox themselves? Uh, and then and then b what what can they do to to try to help change the system? Right. Well, the the thir- first thing we can do is um, return our constitution to the people and repeal the 1986 vaccine injury compensation program, which when when then President Ronald Reagan signed it, he said was unconstitutional. It, wow. It's time to bring back our constitution, our rights. These mandates that say we can't go to school in California or yeah. or hold a job as a nurse if you don't, you know, if you don't get a flu vaccination or you you don't have your child vaccinated, regardless of whether they've been injured before. And in fact, you know, they're vaccinating cancer patients. You know, we're you know, and and killing them. I mean, it just, why would you vaccinate somebody who by definition doesn't have a functioning immune system or they wouldn't have cancer? I mean, it's just beyond comprehension. So what people can do is, is stand up and, and vote. I mean, why in the midterms does not, does very few politicians say one word about vaccines? It's the single, this, the contributing to, to the health of at every level of our, of our country. We, we have the sickest children um, in the world. We have the highest infant mortality. You know, wow. um, SIDS caused by vaccines. You know, type 1 diabetes caused by vaccines. The AML, acute myelogenous leukemia, caused by vaccines. You know, and, and you know, on and on and on. And, and, and the FDA just sits there and said, yeah, we know this can happen. We know this scenario's out there. But, you know, that's the most effective way to manufacture these vaccines. This, that's the cheapest way to do it. And, and they can because, because we gave away our constitutional rights because they were signed away by, by President Reagan. So it's time to take our constitutional rights back and, 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 and stand firm and say no. You know, I, I know people are saying, you know, for instance, people ask me every day, go to India or, you know, get a driver's license soon, soon j- just to get on a plane. You'll have to show your vaccination record. That's where we were headed. If the, it, You know, that's where we were headed with, with Hillary Clinton. You know, so, so we've, you know, but, you know, bring back our Constitution. You know, this is in, in 18, I think it was, 1870s Thomas Jefferson you know I went to University of Virginia Thomas Jefferson's University well they were fighting for our freedoms because the church the, the you know the the church of england said no school if you don't worship at the church of england 
well, our, our, our religious freedoms not to have um, cow blood or monkey tissue or pig, um, you know, a p p pig retroviruses or even aborted fetal tissue. You know, our constitutional rights are being denied. Our religious freedoms are being denied. And, and isn't this what our country um, is, is founded on? That, that no, we can't take away. You can't take away due process from me. You can't take somebody from their home for no reason right. without due process. You can't hold them in jail longer than 48 hours without seeing a lawyer or a judge, without a single piece. And yet, to this day, seven years later, thanks to Harry Reid and, um, you know, and his right-hand man, Harvey Whittemore, you know, covering up their crimes. And, and the government knows their crimes. I met with the FBI on many occasions at great expense to myself because they turn it around and they say, oh, you committed the crime. And and you're just a disgruntled former employee. And, and you know, right, Harry, right. Harvey Whittemore didn't do anything except lie to the FBI and steal from the mafia. Oh, great. You know, you're a genius. Um, yeah. but, but, and then he blamed it on a 53-year-old you know, 140 pound woman, really, <laughs> you know, and, but, but not a day, this is America, you know, and, and, and yet nobody, nobody blinks. Um, but, but if we don't stand up for our own rights and say, no, you can't take my job. You know, if we don't, I, I was at, I was at the Cali summit last weekend, which is a health freedom coalition here in California, um, where we're fighting for our, our health freedoms back. We're, we're fighting good, for, good. for the right to, to stop GMOs, to know that our food is nutritious, to be able to use a, 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 a nutritious, um, efficacious plant-based medicine like uh, medical marijuana um, in, in a way to, to have a choice um, um, on what is injected into our children um, and ourselves and, and not have our employment or our freedoms taken right. away. Um, when we have that choice, so um, this is, but this is, you know, what we do, and what I said, um, um, as is my way, um, you know, my my goal is we need to be ACT UP in the 80s. ACT UP stood outside. These, this is the HIV activist group, you know, primarily gay men. They stood outside um, NIH research laboratories and said, um, and, and said scientists are murderers. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm working day and night to try and help you yeah. because of your bad behavior. And I'm ashamed right. of myself. But, hey, I was only 22. And, and I've learned, and now they're doing it. It's all your fault. It's genetic. These diseases are genetic. You're psychosomatic. You're crazy. Oh, you can't be in a lighted room and you can't touch. You're in so much pain you can't be touched. And, and it's all in your head. You're, you're a lunatic. And hysterical. Hysterical woman. Was, I, was, I, was, um, I was acting as an expert witness for a victim of a Gardasil injury. And, and when the D D Department of Justice doctor was asked if she should get the third shot after she had, you know, classic and severe adverse reactions to the first two, oh um, he, said, he said, oh, there's no scientific or medical reason not, not to. But of course, I wouldn't do it now because she's emotionally overwrought and hysterical so this is where we're going so we 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 talk about 
you know, oh, it's we're, we're grabbing our ass. You know, grab my ass. Give me my medical freedom back. Really. The, the misogyny that happened here, what we're doing, you know, to women and children and, and the, 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 dis, the, the, I was going to say deplorables, you know, the, mm. the, the you know, the, the military. Yeah. We're destroying, you know, the people with the least economic ability. So I said it's time to bring back ACT UP and, and protest. Um, here with the the victims and and i suggested martin luther king day um and we're going to oakland children's hospital okay and we're going to show pictures of the wounded we're going to show the pictures of the dead we're going to show what happens when a susceptible um a little um baby and we're going there with the nation of islam and and, and we're going there with moms and and Great. pictures just like act up you know, and, and um, you know, it, it's time for, it's not time, for, we don't need a civil war. This is a revolution. Our rights have been taken away from us. This is a revolution from a government that happened to forget that we have a constitution and a democracy. Um, and and we, we don't have to um, give away our constitutional rights. And, and they can't be taken from us without a fight. That's what we're, this country's all about. Extremely well said, Judy. Wow, that's 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 wonderful. That's absolutely incredible. Uh, let me throw this out there, and I, and I think this is accurate. Uh, we're being exposed to, to aluminum and, and, and other metals, mercury. Is it is it possible to simply detox slightly by drinking mineral waters? I know that sounds a little kind of shallow, but is it possible? Does that yes, help? It is yeah. Possible. Okay. Yes, it is possible, and yes, it does help. And yes, there are there are mineral waters. There are ways to detoxify. I mean, one thing that's very important to realize is ingestion is not injection. The worst possible form is an injected Inge- yeah, aluminum. Yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. Because that's going directly into the cells and trafficking directly to the brain, and it'll sit there for years if not decades, and it's cumulative. So every injection you prevent is the biggest single injury. But yes, we can detox our environment by, you know, preventing exposures. We can go back to um, sunlight um, and, and, and real sunlight and vitamin D um, and not put, um, you know, um, uh, parabens and whatever they put in um, sunscreen all over our, our babies. There's so much we can do if we just go back to, um, you know, simple living, simple, healthy living, good, clean food, know where your animals come from, um, know, know where your food comes from, no processed food, you know, to the best of your ability, shop local, shop at farmer's market, let's go back to co-ops where we know we don't have um, Roundup sprayed on our crops or a drying agent so once it leaves the farm if if it's bought by somebody who dries it and puts it in a silo and they dry it with roundup and and they don't tell you the drying agent then you're you're ingesting more contamination so um yeah there there are a lot of ways to protect uh, ourselves and our families um and and the primary the primary way is um, is just you know eat clean food um, and um, and and pre- prevent any kind of injection of any yeah. kind yeah and and it, until it's cleaned up. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, Dr. Judy Mikovits, uh, Judy, do you have uh, some parting comments for listeners? 
Uh, yeah, I, I I probably sound pretty negative today. Um, it's been a long day um, <laughs> <laughs> with 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 um, recognizing, you know, that that my mom has an inoperable tumor, and um, you know, and and now facing, you know, colon, you know, cancer, and um, it that that's not a good thing. Um, and again, um, she's been eating plastic food for the last. Um, 20 years because this is this is what our culture is so i mean judy are you there can you hear me yes my mom rang in as i was talking so if we go back to old-fashioned medicine that's what you'll love about that book um called for life with kenton amber brantley um, is in the beginning of the book, you see the doctor, um, and it was just good old-fashioned medicine that, that kept this guy from dying from Ebola and actually developing an immune response. So we can, we can do this. We can um, um, keep ourselves healthy even in this toxic world. We have to, one thing we have to do is do work together right. um, Keep the toxins away, and 5G is a big problem. We need to, we need to make health a priority in this country again, and and have our politicians, um, you know, speak on on important issues like the health of, of our families and and our toxic food. Well said, and amen, uh, uh, Judy. Thank you for joining Discussions of Truth on Winwood Radio. Uh, blessings and, and and well wishes. Uh, to your mother. Uh, we look forward to inviting you back on the program, uh, Judy. Thanks so much, Ian. I appreciate it. Ladies and gentlemen, Dr. Judy Mikovits. Uh, Plague is her book with uh, Kent Hecken Lively, who I believe is a lawyer by trade, and his uh, daughter was severely vaccine injured. One scientist, that would be Judy, uh, one, t- one scientist's intrepid search for the truth about human retroviruses and chronic fatigue syndrome, autism, and other diseases. Folks, I'm going to cut to a very short break, and I will be right back with some closing comments. Judy Mikovits, wow, what a what a killer. She's taking it, bringing it very, very, very strong. This is a revolution. Okay, now she's not talking about a civil war. She says the American people need to stand up and absolutely revolt. This is an international system. So my closing, and but America, by, by all means, as she says, Judy says, you need to get your constitution back. 
And again, again, I'm going to mention Dr. Paul Craig Roberts, who's been a guest on this program, uh, former Oxford fellow. He says, Americans don't have any constitutional rights. And in large part, that's absolutely right. Your constitution is completely buried. Get it back. Be a standard for the world or be completely overtaken by, these are my closing comments, so much of this, so much of this, and I use the word manipulation, so much of this is controlled through international banking. That means those who control all the trade routes around the globe. And who would that be? Do your research. But I'm going to mention the city of London. Folks, it's been my pleasure to bring to you, as always, Wednesdays at 5 o'clock. We went a little over today. Discussions of Truth. Follow me on Twitter. Follow me on Instagram. That's I-A-N-T-R-O-T-T-I-E-R. Patron, impeach mass media. Take it down. Donate 50 bucks to the cause. Get a free t-shirt. High quality. Very comfortable cotton. Cotton. People love these shirts. And of course, all my past guests on iantrottier.com. Thanks for tuning in. Until next week, this is Winwood Radio and... Be awesome.